What is in half a day? This is F. Glenn Luhan. And I'm Joshua Sadakistine. And welcome to our show, Half, half a Day, day Zoo. Zoo, where we talk about and discuss all things related to our LGBTQ community. And so, Josh, would you like to go ahead and introduce our special guests? Our special guests with us today, we have Blondie, Trinity, and the legendary Lana. And of course, Miss Trinity, she's the reigning uh, Miss Queen of the Pacific. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, yes, that's a true statement, Glenn. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> So anyway, um, so today we're continuing on our, our discussion on... Waiting on me to be me. Yes, and we're going to get some insight and, um, and some sharing their stories with uh, Lana and, and Trinity. And, um, you know, so Josh, take it away. All right. I, I guess we want to talk about transition. Like, was it difficult for you? How was it, like... Um, what were your struggles, if you had any, uh, if you had, say, parts of it like you weren't struggling with? Like, what were the good and the bad? Oh, me? <laughs> Either one of you. Um, my, my first time, um, I knew always that I was female in my heart. And uh, today I can vouch that. My family, um, they knew since I was a child, they would tell me stories how I was raised up and had the female quality even at the age of five. And then it went on. I I cannot say I didn't understand what was going on because I just kept living my life as a female in my heart. And I did things very feminine. And um, I went through uh, ups and downs, um, elementary, junior high, senior high, and one year of uh, university. Um, I had no bullying, and I thank the Lord for that. Um, wow. My, my so-called uh, classmates, um, a lot of them are very happy that I did what I did because they, they would tell me they always knew. Um, of course, the the outlook at that time was kind of different. I was born male, but um, it was just a one-day thing, 24-hour period that I decided that I wanted to be a female. So my transitioning was on uh, the year 75. And yes, it was very hard because I transitioned 24 hours in dresses and feminine clothes, makeup and everything. And yes, there was a lot of bullying out there, a lot of hatred, a lot of, um, a lot of hard things I had to go through. And uh, especially when you go around businesses, uh, store every business, I mean, I would always hear the word, uh, especially the Filipinos, bakla, you know. Um, Chamorros, they're what they say, uh, Laana and things like La that. Laana, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't retaliate. I was just so hurt and confused, you know. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys doing this to me? You know, but um, 
I went on and still there was a lot of um, obstacles in my way to, to really get to where I wanted to be. And um, I did. I, on March 3rd, 1985, I had my surgery. And it was just um, a great feeling afterwards. I woke up. My sister woke me up in Mexico, and, and she looked at me, and she told me, wake up, and I opened my eyes. She goes, you're, you're a woman now. And uh, when she said that, it was just lifted. Something was lifted wow. out of me. Wow. But even after that, I had to deal still with the human hatred and uh, the people that didn't understand and... Um, some of them I sometimes would, would really just curse in my heart, you know, which was wrong. But uh, my mother would always tell me, the only one that would always tell me is just let it go, leave it alone. Yeah. You know, let God handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So life went on, you know. And to this day, I know now that the most person that was hurt was my mother. And that's what I, you know, I want to tell everybody out there that's doing the same thing. Is that your mother is the hope, the faith, and the stronghold of your life. You know, and she was so grateful when I came home from the surgery. The minute I opened that, she opened the door to the house, she started crying. And she said, now I'm relieved. You know, you've set me free. I, I think that that's very, truly beautiful, you know, because the mothers, our mothers are our are strong. They hold the family together. And a lot of us um, in our community I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to say my experience, too. My mother was my rock when I came out, you know, and in, in telling her that I was gay. Um, you know, and I know many of us have similar stories with our mothers, but sadly, we do have families that aren't like that. But we're very blessed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very blessed. Donna, would you say it was easier being the way you are here versus elsewhere? Um, there's not a lot of differences. Um, I'm. I was traveling back and forth um, before my transitioning. I had the first thing I had to do was go get a. At that time, we had to go um, get a release form to take hormones in San Francisco. That's where the place was. So I got that. Went back home. Started looking for jobs, you know, odds and ends, and um, I just kept living my life. Unfortunately, I met. Um, two of my friends that are now women in college and they took me out one night and showed me the life and I just like, I like this life. This yeah. is what I've yeah. been looking for. Mm -hmm. And I did. And that, like I said, that was the day that I just, in 24 hours, I made that decision. My mom went crazy. My family <laughs> went crazy. That's, that's I, usually the case, the, yeah. the one that supported me always with my siblings was my oldest brother. And today I don't even comprehend how, you know, um, he was the supporter most of all. She always told my brothers and sisters 
stop egging her on because if you don't, she's going to go into drugs. And my, my other siblings kept and, you know, and uh, I did. I went into the dark world, dark, dark world. I went to so much. I mean, I have stories to tell, you know, and some of you all know my story. Um, I became a drug addict uh, because of the pain. That's that's what I, you know, I, I did it for. I, I drank to numb my feelings. I had yeah. to drink. When I'm going out, I had to drink, you know, yeah. because I, I was just so fearful, you know, and it made me strong, but... Um, that was my life, you know. And yeah, you know that that is still a, um, an issue, you know, within our LGBTQ community. You know, the uh, struggles with addiction and drugs, uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, like you said, of the life, they of live. the life to live and to numb that pain, because yeah. they're just going through so much hurt. But we're really, you know, really trying our best to shed light on this and, you know, inform others that are listening out there that. You, there's other ways to do it. Live life positively and surround yourself with positive people. But, you know, thank you for sharing that because it is still a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is still a struggle. And we're human. You know, we're not perfect. Um, you know, and, yeah. and today, you know, like during my days, my era, there was only 12 of us. I counted wow. last night how many of us. And we were 12. And we stuck together. Some of them were from Jigo. Yeah. One of them is from Jordan. But we stuck together. You formed together. your own community. Yes. And yes. we yes. were very, we fought. <laughs> we fought just like you guys when yeah. you pluck one another. And it's like, you know. It's not, yeah, yeah. I, I hardly do that. But when I see it, it makes me laugh because that's the way the 12 Magnificent twelve, I call them. <laughs> nice, were you nice. know? I've and, never heard of this. this. Is the first time I'm hearing of this. Yeah, and and they were just we were lo- we were loves. We we all we were all about course, loving each other. Of course, that's and today when I when I came back to Guam, um, I think it was in nineteen. Anyway, um, I came. They called me up and told me that oh, Lana, Guam is gay free, and I said what. And in the, <laughs> there's 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 a gay club now, and I say, oh really? Wow! And I well, I'm coming back just to see, just, right? Yeah, and I see. saw that, and there they were, a lot of them. And then now, like last night, I saw like half a thousand, you know. <laughs> and, and it's you know the thing I want those guys to know is you're not alone right you know and um we're out we're out there <laughs> be all be all about love and, and yes. you know there's still haters that yes. will never stop of course we will still be there's racism there's haters and and it happens to all kinds of na- the all the nation yeah. yeah you know we're just lucky that guam i think is a very loving place yes you know i just hope that that you people who are, you call yourself heterosexuals. We're, I, we don't, I don't care, categorize, or how do you say it, about the gay community or the white people. We are just one nation. And, you know, let go of whatever you're angry about, yes. you know, and yes. let's just love one another and leave things alone, exactly. you know. Yeah. But yet, you know, I think life is just like that. Murders will still care. Drugs, you know, everything. But there's that's there's just always that that balance, the yin and yang yes. of things. Um, you know, good versus evil. But you know, 
like you said, you know, you sharing your story with us, it, it just further um, elevates us yes. to strive for more. And, and <coughs> but but oh, it also reminds it's getting us. getting me emotional. I mean, it <laughs> also, you know, it's also a reminder, yeah. like, what Pride Month is all about. You know, the, um, the whatchamacallit, like, the fight. The yeah. fight for equality, the yeah. fight, like, I remember a lot of people were asking me, like, why have a Pride Month? Why this? Why that? But mm -hmm. it's like, you know, everything you just said, yeah. it's a, it's just a reminder of what Pride Month is for. Yeah, and this, and this thing with the Pride thing that came last month, the whole, the whole thing, it's like we're asking for equality. Is that what it is, mm -hmm. right? And, but, and awareness, that's what Pride Month is, yeah, just, just to, to yeah. celebrate awareness of our community yeah. and who we are. And so, you know, it's like either you're in or out, but um, we just need to relax and really enjoy life. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. How about you, Trin? You want to share your experience? Um, well, for me, growing up, in my younger years of childhood, I was very nurtured by my godmother's mother. Um, she always made sure that I was dressed smartly. And, you know, they, I, was very, I was a very clean child, basically. Um, <clears throat> I do remember having a lot of feminine qualities growing up, though. Um, uh, my cousin, who was just a year older than me, every Barbie she had, I had the Ken counterpart. <laughs> so, you know, it was... But that was only in the earlier years of my childhood. And then as I grew older, the things like that were sort of frowned upon. And, you know, it, it kind of segued into the hyper-masculine culture that we're used to seeing in, on our island. Um, you know, don't play with that. That's for girls. Don't do this. That's, right, that's, right. You faggot. Like, yeah, you know, no. yeah. That, that's, for lack or, of a better phrase. That's or in Jamor, you're gay lefts. Don't play with that, right. you know. That's for girls. Yeah. Mm, things like that, but. Um, and now we have a gumagela. Yeah. Anyway, that's and, another story to share. <laughs> and then as I grew older into my adolescence, that's when I kind of had to be more aware of how I was acting around certain individuals in the family because, you know, it, it wasn't just a phase that they were probably thinking when I was younger. It was more of like, oh, Ailanya, this one's gonna, you know, she's, I think that one's like that. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you see things and you hear things like that when you're growing up. And it was kind of a, a realization for me that the world isn't as fair as I thought it would be growing up, <clears throat> even within your own family. Yes. Like you, you were very blessed growing up, um, being embraced by your with your femininity growing up, but mine wasn't that uh, fortunate. I used to have things said to me like, do you want me to beat the faggot out of you from the person who was supposed to be my protector in my family life? And that was just something that you know, when you hear things like that, you really start to suppress who you are and you really start to hide your emotions and you try and butch it up around the people who are supposed to love you unconditionally just to save save yourself from getting a beating that day because you were a little too girly that day. That's the life that I grew up in. And I slowly started to come out to my friends <clears throat> when I was 12. I came, to, I came out to myself at first when I was 12, realizing that I did have attraction towards the same gender. And, um, you know, at that, at that point, I didn't really know all the labels, but I knew that bisexual meant you liked both boy and girl. 
And at that time, you know, like I still had a huge crush on my best friend. And like, I think it was because she had beautiful, long flowing hair. <laughs> but, you know, I, I still had a crush on her. And then I, I had a realization that I had a crush on a boy in the same class. And that's when I was like, oh, like what, is, what is this? Right? Oh, dear. But, you know, like, you know, now that I think about it, I know that I had a crush on Aladdin, like watching that stuff growing up. Like, you know, you, you start to think back and like, oh, it adds up now. This is what happened. And this is what, what where we got to this point. Like, you know. <laughs> And I, you know, I came out to most of my friends and then I came out to some family members. I remember my aunt, um, I came out to her when I was seven, 16. And I sat her down and I said, Auntie Lani, I have something to tell you. And she goes, what? I told her, I'm gay. And she goes, I know. (laughs) And, you know, I was always, my Nina always told me I was in such, I don't think I shared this at the last one, but um, growing up before I came out to myself, my Nina always used to tell me, Nanny, it's okay if you like boys, tell me, you know, like, I will still love you, this and that. Like, that was from her. She was, you know, and, you know, I was in such denial with everything. And I'm like, I'm not gay. I like girls. <laughs> you know, like, I was yeah, so defensive yeah. about it. And because I knew that everyone else in the family didn't accept that. Yeah. So, of course, I would deny, deny, deny. And you're not just denying your... You're not just denying the accusation, you're denying yourself when you're yeah, doing you're something like that. Truth. So, like, you know, I, I I kind of held that in until I was in high school and then I was more confident in sharing that part of my life with some family members. And, you know, at that time when I told my account to my aunt, she was like, who do you think, you think I don't know who's wearing my high heels around the house? <laughs> like... Oh, she caught me. (laughs) And, you know, like, it's little moments like that that really sort of bump you closer and closer to telling your truth and living it. Because, you know, you you slowly gather the the people around you who will have your back and who will have the support to give you that when you need it. And then um, I remember I didn't come out to my mom and dad because, you know, of the fear of getting the faggot beat out of me. Right. And, um... Senior year Halloween, I did dress up, you know, as a gag. I always thought I would never transition into being a female because the only trans girls I knew in school, there was only two of them and they were disrespected. They were loud, obnoxious and stuff like that. But let me get to that later. Ha- Halloween always seems to be that transition moment for everyone. Because it's, it's, it's like an excuse. Like, it's a, dress up as a, oh. it's a day that you, you can know, dress up, right? Well, it's yeah. not only that. It's like, I, I feel like if you do that, you kind of feel a sense of empowerment. Yeah. And when you yeah. find some part of yourself, that, well, yeah. like, I didn't know I, this I, was, I'm, I'm this just, was That's just an observation in yeah. a lot of, yeah. That's why they like to say Halloween's everyone's birthday. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, um... I dressed up for Halloween mm-hmm. and then not not long after it was parent teacher conference and I was actually outed um, by my tomorrow teacher to my mom and he was like, hey, did you know your boy dressed up as a girl for Halloween? And like, you know, it was, I, he stole that moment for me. He stole yeah. that moment for me to tell my truth to the people who were raising me. That, and, that it mattered to. <clears> you know, you and anyway. growing up, I didn't necessarily have the close bond that I have with my mom now, but she sort of like held that piece of information and was like, do you want me to tell your dad? Like, you know, whenever there was something that we disagreed on. So I guess finally, like a month, a week before graduation, she finally told him and I was scared out of my mind. And I remember he called me outside and he asked me three questions. And the first question was, are you a faggot? And I looked at him and I was like, no. The second question he asked me was, are you a girl? And I said, no. 
right? This is pre-transition, of course. And then the third question he asked me was, are you gay? That's the correct, like, you know, like, that was the, at the, the time, most, at the moment, at the at the moment time, that was yeah. the most civil question right, you could right. have asked me. So, of course, I answered it honestly, and I was like, yes. And he took it surprisingly a lot better than I thought he would. But, you know, mm -hmm. it, it was that double-edged blade of, um, I don't care if you're gay as long as you're not gay under my house. Like, mm -hmm. bitch, bro, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get, huh? But, you know, like, I... I can't say that to my face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that moment, that's how he felt. And I, 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 I kind of understood where he was coming from because he later on explained as I got older that um, he just really was trying to build me up to the harshness that the world can yeah. be. Yeah. And going back to the other trans girls that I met in high school, the reason why I always said I would never transition is because those girls, like I said, were all negative things that I saw but now that I've lived this life and I kind of have that first person perspective they were only loud and obnoxious to me in my view because they were defending themselves from everybody who was giving them so much hardship in school and that's something I didn't think about at the time but now that I'm older and I've lived the life like they were just sticking up for their truth right so yeah. to those two girls in high school that I've I sat one. I sat next to one in the bus every day of the, of the school year. <laughs> Her name was Susie. She's not here anymore. Um, she was a really good friend to me on the bus. And then the the other girl was Carly, who came to the show last week. And I was mm. so glad to see her because mm. now that I've you know found a new a new view on the trans life, like I, I understand and I respect her more for living her truth at such a young age. Yeah. Like, you know, you we would hear stories in high school about how it's I hard think for I her. Remember Carly. Yeah. I think I do. So we would yeah. hear stories about how it was so hard for her at home and stuff like that. And then it didn't help that people were giving her so much like yeah. crap at school. So it's a newfound respect for her that I have. And um, if she ever sees this, like, thank you for being you at a young age, Carly. It really was an inspiration. And Susie, you as well. But <clears throat> after that, when I turned 18, you know, because my dad said I couldn't be gay under his house. So, of course, I had to try and find a place, you know, to, to be independent and to find who I really was deep down. So my cousin and I made a plan to get an apartment together and stuff like that. And my dad and I were working at the hospital together at that time. And... We were driving home from work and I, you know, we were almost home and I lowered the radio and I said, Dad, I need to talk to you about something. Um, Teresa and I are thinking of getting an apartment, you know, just to see if we can, you know, try it out on our own. And of course, like, it wasn't very well received. And it was even worse when I got home. And I don't think I shared this at the last podcast because I don't, I don't, I don't want people to think that my family is horrid. It'll come full circle at the end of this story, I promise. Um, it does. But that night... A week, just be a week of being an adult, and I was thrown out of my house, basically naked. Like, I was stripped of the clothes off my back. I, my glasses were taken from me. Everything that I had in my wallet was taken. I, I couldn't even take my Dory. I was, I literally was pushed out of my house in just my boxers. And I, I walked to my grandma's house, and um, she didn't live that far. Josh knows where I, where I live, so it's, it's like house, yeah. empty lot house. So I walked to my grandmother's house and I, you know, I called my grandma. I, 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 thank God she was awake. It was like almost one in the morning. And you know, she's one of those religious women who pray the rosary when she's bored kind of thing. And she was up praying the rosary. And, and I think it was just kind of God telling her not to sleep yet 
because no. something's going to happen. So I, I ended up going to her house and I phoned my aunt, the one who teased me about wearing her high heels in the house. I phoned her and um, she came and she picked me up. And before that, though, my dad actually came over and he picked me up at my grandma's house and we were driving back home and he was like, so why do you want to move out? And I told him, I said, because it can't be me. And, you know, like, I think, I don't think he realized why I said that, probably not till years on, but, you know, that night I, when my aunt came over, I, I grabbed what I could, you know, I, I packed up what I could and I shoved it in my cousin's car. Actually, my cousin was the one that came to pick me up. She left her, her mom at my grandma's house because she knew that if her mom was there, it would just... Escalate. Escalate. And it's just not something that we want. And I know her, too. She, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. That woman's a but, fighter. <laughs> you know, um, at that, that night, I was basically exiled from my family for a few years. I didn't see anybody on um, that side of my family for, I think, a good part of nearly five years. And that was in 2005 of November. And then in April of 2006... I, I still remember clear as day, the very first time I ever publicly presented female was April 1st, 2006 at the Smoking Wheels event in Jigo. And I was, I did not know what the hell I was doing. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was growing out my hair. So, and I, I didn't really know makeup. I didn't really know female fashion at the time yet. So I had like, you know, this like, put together <laughs> outfit and makeup was three shades too light and my hair was at this awkward length and I look back and I just laugh because I probably look like those Filipina ladies that go to church with that little doily on their head <laughs> that's probably how I looked and like you know it was my first time stepping out in public and it was scary as hell though I remember because my cousins are short so like walking next to them in heels they, I'm <laughs> like it's like Gulliver's Travel that's what it looks like you know <laughs> So, but you know, from there, I, it was also a blessing that I was working at the hospital because at that time I, I, I befriended my first trans friend who actually became my mother. And um, her name is Mimi and she sort of like, you know, taught me the ropes and introduced me to the girls and the community and, you know, like gave me hints and tips and pointers and this and that, all the secrets of this, you know. And I, I noticed that my closet slowly, like all the girl clothes just kept pushing all the boy clothes out and it got to a point where I was starting to dress like a girl to work and I was dressing like a girl in public and like it just felt more me more more truth to it you know I and then I remember I met up with some of my high school friends and they were so excited because like they, they couldn't do makeup to save their life and neither could I but I could do more than them so they were like you know happy and excited and I remember one of my friends was like, I really like this new you. You seem more in your skin than ever. <clears throat> and, um, you know, these are my girls that had my back through my, all of the things that I dealt with in high school. So they know the story that I was going through. They know, you know, they know that I almost killed myself at 15 and things wow. like that. So for them to see me in such a happy, positive Mindset. It was really healthy for them to see that yeah. in our friendship. Yeah. And, you know, I really thank um, Mimi and uh, Josh's sister, Kelly, for being, like, my, my guiding lights, my fairy godmothers. Like, you know, these, these women who taught me that it's okay to be... To be you? To be me. To be, it's okay to be... You know, and at that time, we didn't really know 
the term trans. Right, like trans right. didn't really come up more often. It was more like you're a drag queen. Like, you know, that was the term that we hear, and I'm just like, okay. I mean, Chuang Fu came out, so every I thought that was. You know, and then like you know, we slowly started to educate ourselves and learn yeah. more and yeah, delve into what here, yeah. the terminologies are. Mm-hmm. And you know, now, now we call ourselves trans women, trans feminine, transgendered, things like that. And <clears throat> these girls, like when I first met them, some of them were still living the old life of street walking. And um, Josh's sister Kelly actually had an idea to put a show together. At first, it was for a fundraiser, if I'm not mistaken. I know that they were performing for other stuff before that, but to actually put together a cast and try and push the idea of a show, that's when we solidified ourselves as the Untouchables. And, um, you know, Kelly's vision was to try and get the girls off the streets and onto the stage so that it can be more of a safer way to earn income because at the time as Lana said it was it's not very easy to gain employment as a trans woman especially when you don't have all the legalities worked out like if you don't have your name changed yet or if it still has the male marker on your ID businesses that back then were still very crucial about hiring those that were out of the norm so Kelly wanted to really try and make a safe space for people to let it out and to still earn income and stuff like that and you it and here we are from 2008 to to now we're still performing we're still you know and and, and we're so proud of you because it's it's interesting because our our house that i belong to the sisters of the moonlight we actually have seen you know um trinity mimi who she's talking about kelly all grow up to you know watch them to grow and develop from you know and and changing that stigma of you know our, our Drag queens, trans yeah. girls are not sex workers, but you know the, the reality is, yes, it, it has happened because it's hard to find work. But we're so proud of them because they've elevated themselves, and you know they're yeah. they're they're productive citizens in our it in our used community. To, it used yeah. to be a, are you one of those girls that stand behind Texas? Oh yeah, yeah. To, uh, to you know, know like, like now, are now you one of those like, girls that perform. Hey, are, are you are you yeah. one of the Diosa girls, or yeah. are are you the one that performs at thir- on Thursdays? Like yeah. you know, it's it's a different. The stigma has shifted yes, from one of negative to positive. Yes. And, oh, my God. Speaking of meeting the Sisters of the Moonlight Lounge, I was, like, so terrified when I first met everybody full force at the <laughs> beach. Like, I remember, I still will never forget Negra and Bubbles. Like, oh, man, the football team. <laughs> like, you know that. that I, re- I clearly remember this. This was at my top, and I forgot yes. what year, but... The Sisters of the Moonlight, we always have a beach gathering once a month or whenever a holiday falls. So it's just a day to just let loose. Um, that was like our pride, our pride picnics every mm-hmm. month. And I remember Trinity and Mimi coming and our late friend Vince Vince Negra and Bubbles were the receiving end. And I remember you were really nervous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so nervous. I remember that. And then, you know, Negra, of course, Negra, oh, if you guys loved our friend Vince Negra, so inviting. You know, and, I, and I, what I shared, you know, that Bubbles is the father of our house and he, he accepts all everyone, all walks of life. And he's like, there's my daughters. <laughs> and we all, we all were like, I love it. Though, who are these like, two? Between Savannah, Bubbles and Negra, they were so positive. Yes. With I felt like the, the reception was so positive because I was a plus girl. And you know, like with Bubbles, Negra, and Savannah, they they weren't petite. Yeah. So of course, like they're they're gonna <laughs> give more of the the and, booster. Yeah. To, and to they those, were always supporting know. our plus size girls, and they're like, you know what? 
It's Screw like, these skinny girls. <laughs> yeah, like, they mean never mind, girl. Just, yeah. you know, things like, like Never mind, girl, come and eat. <laughs> the catalyst to acceptance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, yeah. It was, it was such a positive experience yes. for me to have that reinforcement, seeing the community. Because, like, at that point, I only knew of the club crowds, like, at yeah. Denial and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, the girls, of course, I knew. But I didn't, I never met any of the older girls, you know, the older generation and the ones who came before us until that, that day. And I still remember, I think I met... Mama Shar that day also. Yes, yes. And I remember it was her. And Jody, and Jody Ann. No, I don't think no, I met Jody Ann that day. Okay. But I remember meeting Mama Shar, and I I remember every time she sees me, she always tells me, you know, like, and you're a big girl, but you're so beautiful, this and that. Like, you know, she's very positively yeah. reinforcing yeah. me. And it's just such a blessing to have people around me like that because sometimes you get down on yourself when, you know, you don't necessarily have the day-to-day boosters so yeah, to speak I mean you and, are your biggest critic right yeah especially when you look in the mirror and you're not exactly happy with how you look or this and that and then you know you hear something like that especially from you know like Lana's from the legendary generation that is the Sisters of the Moonlight Lounge that includes Shar and Jody yeah, and Krimi well, yeah Krim Sonia yeah like the, these women were the women that literally carved out the blueprint for us to walk on the road yeah. like they they set the path for the journey for the rest of the trans girls and then we sort of took that fellowship and we went through it and we tried to Im- improve it as we went along and I think that's the only thing that we can do as as the generations go by is to try and make a better tomorrow for the generation that's coming after us. Yeah. We are the future ancestors and we would like to have our legacies exactly. You know, live their truth without fear. So that's kind of something that I think the girls in the house sort of do by promoting themselves in pageants and stuff like that and the show because we're here to be visible and we're here for you to get to know us and if that's the only way you can get to know us is through the stage be it pageant or the show show. at least you're at least we're visible for you at least you're there and you you're aware of who we are and what we stand for and you know i think there's there's always going to be a long way to go regardless there's always improvements to make to yourself and to your life and to everything around you but yeah that's that treat us naturally yeah Yeah. like i mean i i don't know the word is stigma Mm-hmm. Don't don't judge me, you know, because it's just not right, you know. Yeah. Respect. If you see a person that's male, then you treat that person as male. If you see that the person is wearing a dress and beautiful sure, makeup, yeah. it's beautiful, yeah. you know, treat them the way we want to be treated just be everybody yeah and something and like something kelly said a while back and you know it really struck home with me you know get the same amount of respect you want in return right yes very bad and but you know i i have to be honest though um with the evolution of the rainbow community that happens every year it seems like we're progressing and stuff like that as time goes by and there are now. There's not just one or the other. Now we are we are introduced to the non-binary queer. Oh yes. Oh my goodness gracious. So many of them there's now. so many of these yes. letters now. And it's after the LGBTQ plus I is I A elemental P and don't come for us people when you're watching this part of the podcast. Help educate us if you know. Just come for Glenn. Just come for Glenn. Only Glenn. We're all learning ourselves. There's what is it? Cis. Gender cis, man. So cis, cis, I know that cisgendered basically oh, means cisgender, yeah. um, the natural state yeah. that you were yeah. born in. You identify with the 
with the, your the, gay, the gender that you were assigned gay, up for. Gay, yeah. lesbian, then we have pansexual. Uh, I don't know. There's pansexual, demisexual. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I really think that the, now that the legislature already signed things for Pride, um, I hope that the governor's watching this because I think the island needs um, for people like us evaluation from psychiatry, you know, have it do a law where we are allowed to have a doctor. We are allowed to go to a doctor and yes, get that's, our, that's, what we need yes, going to the transition, leading, especially yes, right. if Specialist. we don't have a job, yeah. you know, help us. Help, that's, yeah, that's help these the, young I, I children. Know, um, I think in Hawaii, they actually have programs to help the trans girls with name change and hormones. Mm-hmm. We only, right now I'm only aware of one specialist here on Guam who caters to trans women, but it's not just trans women, but hormone endocrinology. And she's Dr. Alford at American Metal, yeah. Medical yeah, American Metal, doctor. Dr. Alford. Yeah, so I, I know that it's so hard to get in with she's her. She's the permanent the hormone. Yes. Doctor. So yes. She, I think she's like, well, I remember she started out very um, slow at first. Like she was still, I don't, I think she only had a few clients, yeah. but now all the it's girls really, are going to be referring, yeah. are being referred to her because she's, you don't need a referral actually to see her. You can just schedule an appointment and then have a sit down with her. You don't need an evaluation like you used to have to. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a major blessing. But uh, as Lana was saying, like to our island leaders, yeah, please like help. If, if help you're us. listening, help mm-hmm. us. Develop programs, yes, develop programs to bring in specialists for our our trans. I'm just glad that I've done all the requirements that I needed to get to where I'm at. I'm done with that. I'm I'm now just a plain old lady (laughs) going to doctors, getting my pills for high blood diabetes and all that. But I see the struggle. Hey, we're human. We're all uh, affected yeah. by these conditions. But I see the struggle of the young yes. ones, and I'm I'm not trying to promote. You know, um, I don't know if you guys would be offended or anybody out no. there. Like like, um, we're we're even even me. You know, in the dictionary, we're all under what homosexual. But like I said, you know, we need to be free. We need help. We need. This and that, and with the with all the waving and the parties and everything, you know, I hope that people in the pol- the politics would help us really, not just because we're f- we're free, we're um, fighting for our lives, but we're fighting for paperwork. Yeah, we're fighting equality. for black and white. Yeah, equality and, 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 yes. and, and just the basic yes. civil rights as any, you I, know, any. Yes. I honestly feel that if you even <coughs> have like a program in the, like the Hawaii girls have to, ha- the one that helps change the, na- do name changes for the girls, like that little minute step of declaring to the world that this is who I am, that's something that um, will help immensely. That's a yeah. huge confidence booster just to have your name change as a trans individual. It's it's kind of reaffirming like this is the identity that I should have had. This yes, is this uh, is the truth that the I truth. am living. Yeah. Just like my, my doctor when I got um, the signature for him to tell the world that and he wrote it down, Lana's a female. Um, she's going through the transition and um, how do you say it? Legally, she's female. 
you know. So I did that. I went and I presented Guam, my ID and everything. And everything changed right there. I don't know why they're having it a hard time. Somebody somebody just wants to give us a hard time again. I mean, you guys, a hard time. And it's not right, you know. Um, we're all fighting. Every, every kind of uh, person is fighting for something, but... Uh, we really do need help. Yeah. We mm-hmm. really need help. You know, help. even with what you said, like, just because you haven't had the surgery or anything, like, does not mean that you are not trans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a process you take to come full circle with who you are. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you're not any less than anybody who's had the right. surgery done. Yes, very right. that. I'm a pre-op trans woman, so I can fully attest to that statement. And for those who are... Ignorant trans does not mean transitioning. It means transgender, transsexual, and then a woman. Yes. So it's it it is a journey, and it, but it is quite expensive as well to get to that mm-hmm. finish line. <laughs> but if we had programs that would help with assistance, like I said, as small as like hormone therapy and name change, that's a step in the direction. It's a start. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's something that we don't have to necessarily stress over because we have the availability, but we don't have that here on Guam, which is something that I hope we should have soon. And I hope that it will, what you're saying would will, will come true because the hardest part for me during the transition is leaving my mom. Every time I I get up, I get into that airplane broke my heart, broke my mom's heart because I had to leave her. We, my mom and I were very close friends. Yes, yes. And it was just hard for her, you know, and hard for me too. But I told her, I have to go. I have to do this, mother, you know. And she goes, I know, I know. Just come back, you know. <laughs> and I did. And I know Lana because we're both from Shalom Pablo, <laughs> so I remember Miss Lana when we were going to church and she's on the opposite side and I'm with my family and I see her with her mom. So, you know, I... I we and I had a lot of hard times, too, in church. Oh, that's a My mother thing. especially. Yes. Really. She, I, like I said, my mother was the one that hurt People a lot at church more. can be so hurtful. The murmurs in yes. the back. The, I mean, I, I sit yeah. in front of the church yeah. with my mom because she's old. I, I have to hold her. And my mom, and I, I just don't care what they say behind me, yeah. but I can hear them giggling and poking at each other. And, you know, my mom's taking all that in you people. You know, and that's one thing the church did to me was ruin my faith. You know, that's really sad. The because, people. You know, they claim to be holy, right? And then they sit there and they do something like that. Yeah. They start oh. ridiculing people and it's just yeah. it's just wrong. It's those holier-than-thou ones that are the most, like, hateful. Yeah, they're, yeah it's true. And it, it's the ones who think they're above the Bible that it's... it's <laughs> It's so disheartening to say that because there are really good people who have faith and who have a good heart. Like, my grandmother was one of them. Yes. She was one of those Christian mothers of Sinahanya St. Jude Church, and she prayed the rosary as often as she could. She went to Mass every Sunday. A good 90% of my family sings in the churches all across the island. <laughs> like, that's how religious my family is. And, you know, we have tetas in the family. We have, you know, I was brought up to pray the rosary every day, too, and... You know, after I transitioned, it, you know, it, it did take some time for the family to adjust to the pronouns and stuff like that. But I remember after, you know, reconnecting with my parents and like slowly building the bond back, like, you know, because um, my mom ended up working at SNU with me. So, you know, that's where we kind of reconnected. And I was invited back for the FNAP book for Three Kings. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was so nervous because, like I said, half more than half my family sings for the church. Mm-hmm. 
So my grandma was the last one to come, and I remember she came, and I helped her out of the car, and I was so nervous. And, you know, my grandma looked at me, and she goes, oh, so this is the real you, huh? Are you happy? Well, maybe that maybe that's what it is. Maybe you were the person to shed light on that. Yeah, yeah. because well, in but that, getting um, that validation though yeah. means a lot yeah. too. But, but oh, oh no, mm. though um, I I really do forgive <coughs> everyone in my past, and I know I've hurt some of you out there. Um, I've done so many things just because of drugs. You know that wasn't me, but um, I I just forgive everybody and I hope you will forgive me too yeah. you know yeah. and and move on you know but Lana that's very moving you know even seeing you now because I don't know I guess for me like a lot of people tend to look at people who do that as weak like very like just very bad people but they're failing to realize that it's it's not them. Mm-hmm. Addiction is the disease yeah you know, and it is it's, 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 it's a bad to go to it's rehab, a struggle you know to learn what what sickness I also had other than the other sicknesses (laughs) but you know but I think that's something that's so great about the way the world has evolved because back then what we are was considered a sickness like you you still Mm -hmm. talk about it as a sickness Mm -hmm. because that's what you were conditioned because that's what people yeah that's what you grew up they want to fix fix the homosexuality here's the deal that was the mentality back then you know I think it's such a blessing that the world has we're in the same lifetime but we're generations apart but we've experienced it two completely different sides of the coin yes like it like sickness now it's like this is a, not just yeah. a condition. Just like, this like is my family, they're always like, like when I went to psychiatric, and I went to a lot, they had told me that just be aware that you will always, always be labeled gay, homosexual, you know, and a drug addict, and a lot of things. And I said, oh my God, you know, but... I do understand that now, but I just take it in like a, like, how do you say, a grain of salt, you know, and with the pain in my heart, I just like, okay, Lord, I'm hurting. This is for your glory. Yeah, but you know, you're still here and that's a testament Mm -hmm. to how strong you are. And and my family, I still have some, that's still sometimes their pronoun, you know, and I just like, uh, sometimes I reply, you know, hey. It's a sheet. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I still have, um, not problems, but their mentality, you know, I have to deal with, and I have to suck it up, you know. But I I love my family. We're we're all together now, and especially that I'm back, you know, and and it's great, you know. And you're going to go to, I'm just saying this, maybe, I hope not, but you're going to go to a lot of faces. Oh, I've been through some, a few myself. Even me, I'm going through a lot. My face right now is getting old. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to accept that I'm limping. I'm, you know, I can't breathe at times. I cannot walk so fast anymore. Like even my friend, I have a friend named Bobby and... You know, she holds my hand. I, just like last year, she was holding my hand. Going, to, I said, "Shit!" Before we can run to the car, now you're holding my hands because I might fall. You know, those are things but now that I am I, dealing with. Speaking with phases, though, I I think it's important for people to know too that if as gay individuals, as people from the LGBT community, we not just us go through phases. Our families, who we come out to, also go through phases, yes, and. Right. 
um, you know, as I was talking about my story with my dad and stuff like that, he went through phases and during the latter part of his years before he passed, it, it, you know, they still, he still would call me his son and this and that, but you know, I'm not going to correct him because he, he learned to accept me at, at that point, but it got, um, <clears throat> to the point where I remember I was at a family event, I think it was a funeral and one of the, the, the women there was like, you know, Nen, I, I know your family, but I can't tell what side of the family you're from. And my dad came up from behind me, didn't see him, and he freaked me out because he's like, oh, auntie, this is my girl. <laughs> I'm like, Aww. No, really. He's like, like yeah. tell me know, that. It, it, was, it was really, like, <laughs> baffling to me because, you know, Trin shared the story with us, and then when I first met the dad, I was just like... You met him when he was yeah. very supportive, right? And I right? was just like... Are you are you sure you're, you're dad's the same? The yeah, you're the same trans dad. Like, like literally, it's literally you're explaining somebody, but you're looking at this person, yeah, and you're like the person you're explaining is not the you person I'm looking at. <laughs> and and it maybe this would help you in your journey through what I learned at already an old age. I learned that I was so selfish when I was changing. It's all about Lana. Lana wants this. You tell, you don't call me that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I learned today that not only was I changing during the time, my family had to go through it. And I didn't, I just let, like, oh my God, I really did hurt them, you know? And I'm, I'm very sorry if, one of the families watching, but I'm, I ask for forgiveness with that. When, when you transition, I mean, of course, I'm not a trans, but when you transition. Yes, you are. <laughs> right, right? No, but, you know, like, I, I don't see, know about sometimes right? you act like a lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you transition, I, I think a lot of people fail to realize that, like you said, everybody else around you is going through a transition, too. Yes. Right. They're transitioning yeah. to acceptance, yes, you know. Yes, yes. Um, They're trying to educate themselves yeah, on this. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to yeah. learn to love yeah. you. Right, right. They, they, right. They've loved this one person for their entirety of your life. And all of a sudden you're and changing. Then you, you, no, I, don't, I wouldn't say changing, though. I'm not but changing, you're starting but to, you're a different person. Yes, to, you're starting to self-identify and live right. the truth. Not only are so, you yeah. trying to accept yourself, they're they trying to accept themselves. Yes. the person that's transitioning yeah I think it's it's harder I think it's kind of hard for parents who have trans children because they raise their child and they love this child that they raised so much and then like in my situation within a span of five years I came back and I transitioned and I was a different person like it, it took a whole readjustment for my family to learn who Trinity is and you know like I basically right. kind of was almost the same person but I was more free and yeah. I could care less what anybody had to say and you were happy yes and um, you know like I, with my situation I think because I was raised my mom and dad the people who I call my mom and dad are actually my uncle and aunt I was raised by my mom's brother and his wife because uh, my mom was one of the soldiers for the war on ice and um <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys get it now? Okay, yeah. Sorry, Mom. But, you know, like, when I came out to my... No, my banker. Don't... I might like it. But, you know, when I, when I came out to my mom, I, I actually was comfortable enough to come out to my birth <coughs> mom because, um, you know, she's, she's my mom. So I came out to her, and then, like, funny enough, after, like, maybe a few years, not even... I think just a year after being married and divorced... She ended up coming to stay with me in my apartment, and like then she started to date women, and I'm just like, 
oh, my mother's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mom. Ma- right? more, more power to you, mom. And then, like, you know, then I, now on my family, we have a... Co- there's a few of us who are out and proud from the rainbow community on both sides of my family, and I'm very proud of that because I wouldn't say that I was, like, the front leader for that, but I definitely was the loudest one. Like, I was the most visible. Like, there was... Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you were the one that gave them the voice, too. I'm still the only trans girl in in my family, though. But, like, you know, and for my nephews on my Sionko side, like, I try to make sure that whenever they come to me, it's going to be a safe space. It's always going to be a positive sort of... Because I, you know, I grew up in that set where it wasn't always positive to be who I was. And... Any of anybody in my family who is a like you know who's against the grain, I guess, so to speak. Like everybody has a different label now, so you know. I just I, I think it's important to try and harbor that um, good natured, uh, nurturing environment because well, maybe, that's you, maybe that's why you had to go through where you went through because look so. at your mindset now. You're you're so much stronger. Kyle calls me the Mother Teresa in the group, like, <laughs> and that's okay. It is. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what it's all about. I mean, if we can reach out and help someone in our community, a family member, even if it's just one person, yeah, yes. even if it's just one person that they got that message and we 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 are a beacon of light for them. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, like they say, the Lord works in mysterious ways. But we continue to strive to be visible. We strive to fight for equality, you know, and acceptance. And sadly, hate still exists. And we have to rise above that every day. You know, know. I do watch, you know, I I watch the the actions of some. And, you know, you know, we I'm going to be honest, Lana, all these girls paved the way for trans, for gay men, you know, they, they really did it. You know, they did it, they made it easier for us. And like Trinity said, we just we just continued it and continued it, made it better and stuff. But I'm watching a lot of them now and sometimes their actions are a little too much and that's prob- that may be the cause of why a lot of people are going back to the ways of prejudice you know, and stuff like that because I completely agree. I was right? just at Ukudu yes. this morning and I told I was yeah. telling yeah. the students, I said this generation of rainbow children are very aggressive very, with who they are. Very aggressive. And, you know, I've, like, I've I, seen that. Yes. I appreciate that they're able to identify themselves and you know live their truths at such a young age. But in the same token, my dear, yeah. please be respectful because right. no, we, I, the I, generations I you. Yeah. before you have worked yeah. so hard to gain the respect that we have to we gain the respect for you. Yeah, I work in this. Yeah, and Trin, and I work and in the schools. Yeah. Them, and a lot of them that we're talking about. I think they're in so much denial and fear. And, you know, it's like, you know, if I'm in that group, you know, I want to tell them, you know, stop being naive. You know, let's just... Let's just be us and, and stop this. I, I work in the school system and I see it. You know, you can already identify, you know, because I work with, with children in the elementary, middle and high school. And you, I see them growing up and you can already tell that they're going to be future rainbow children. But the ones, especially in the high school, like when I go in, they will they size you up. They atan babu and I'm like, excuse me? Wait a minute, honey. understand that it was us. We paved the way for you and you're right. Show some respect. You you rainbow children out there, you need to check yourself. (laughs) Or else Uncle Glenn's going to come with the belt. There was one morning I was, you know, I was uh, watching the school leads taking the students and one of them, you know, one of the rainbow children walked in. I was, I said, oh, hey, hello. And I, you know, mentioned the person's name. I can't, I won't say it on here, but I mentioned his name and turns around and he goes, Oh, Mr. Robert, it's so-and-so now. 
I don't, and because I have to still work, you know, act on that professional, you know, at a professional capacity, I looked at them and I said, not to me. I said, I, I can respect you as that person, but I still have to call you by that name until I see some legal documents. And as long as power school says that this is your name, I have to go by that name. You know, I'm not trying to confuse a lot of people. And, you know, it makes me happy that they're coming out. And, you know, they're able to do, you know, to do walk, yeah. to do what they're doing, walk around and be free and stuff. But like I said, so, a lot of them are a little too much. And I don't think they realize that they're the ones that are actually making it hard for themselves now. They're, they're you know, if they want to live freely, do what you need to yeah. do for your future. But yeah. don't make, you know, don't create a future that's going to be bad for you yeah. you know you're Negative. gonna walk right yeah. i mean i had to walk in when i would be walking in the malls i heard words like faggot you know i you know i heard them all but you know all i could do is just put my head up high and just keep walking like i didn't hear it even though you know even though i heard it and it hurt you know it hurt and it hurt a lot because you know all i was trying to do was just live my life but you know there's always that one or two people that try to you know try to bring you down right even if you don't know them they try to bring you down but but you know like i said all you can do is live your life and that's you know that's young all, you children know. now are are so spoiled yes they so, are so spoiled, spoiled. and i really the sense of entitlement and i really think that away, right? most of the young you call them rainbows or green whatever <laughs> i think <laughs> they i think they they and i'm not condemning anybody smoking marijuana because i did my stuff you know but as the youngest one, you know, we need to teach them, not now, you know. Don't, There's a time for everything. Yes, yeah. yes. Right. But There's a time for everything. You're not right. supposed to be doing that, especially yeah. you're still in school. Yeah. You know. The mind is still developing. Yes, yeah. and the mind right. is being disturbed by yeah. them smoking that because yeah. they're still young. And at tonight, Paco, you know, Lana, your time, marijuana was illegal. Look, now it's I know, and it's, it's like it's I told my now. family that when, thought, when right? I came back, I said, you I'm, know, I see a lot of them, and I'm sorry to say, they're old smoking this marijuana, you know, relatives. And, and it's like, oh my gosh, during my days, I would be chopped in mm -hmm. pieces oh, yeah. if I was caught yeah. with marijuana. Or, you know, I remember coming home from work and my nephews, you know, and my nieces, they would be out there and they would be like, there's the faggot and it's out loud and my mom can hear it. Faggot, you know, uh, druggy, uh, mentally, you know, mental, you know, all that. And when I came back, everything turned around, you know, and it's like, I told my sister, I said, remember, you used to cuss me out, all of you, tell mom to kick me out because I'm this, I'm ruining the family name. And it's like, you know, now all you guys say it's okay because they can do it here at the house. <laughs> I just like, wow, you know, and... Yeah. I wish things would change for the better, but you know, this is a, an ongoing life. Yes, it is. The it's world is changing, the life is changing, and it's not really gonna get better, I think. You know, and I study the Bible, and I'm, I'm just letting everybody know that. And I really thank God, and all I ask of you too is, you know, have God in your life. No matter yes. what, yes. you know, because even if I was to do drugs, I always will have the think, Lord in my life. I think faith is something that's important to have in your life. To say, especially in this life. Correct. Going back to kind of piggybacking off of what Lana said about, 
you know, the family, dealing with the family issues and stuff like that. Like, I'm pretty sure that everybody's had that fair share and stuff like that. And, you know, going back to how that, that horrid night of mine when I was kicked out of the house and stuff like that, I actually had a conversation with my mom, like after I came back for my dad's funeral and, you know, we were outside talking and she broke down and apologized to me. And she said she could have been a better mother that in that moment. And she, you know, she, she's sorry that she did what she, and you know, like just the fact that she acknowledged that, like that meant the world. And like my dad, like before he died, it was so funny because he used to always say this thing to my cousins who always thought they were tougher than me. Like, you think Trin's a faggot, but she's the toughest faggot I know. <laughs> like, you know, he he would he had my back in that, like, sort of humorous sense. And because he knows, that he taught me how to kill pig, build a shack, drive stick, like, all those things. I was raised on the ranch, honey. I know how to survive. Right. So, you know, like, I think it's it's all just, like Lana said, taken with a grain of salt. It's It's mm-hmm. how you process and how you deal with your surroundings it really does take a toll sometimes but you have to surround yourself with your with your tribe your chosen family your your family that will get your back and will reinforce you with positive energy like these past two months have been very very grueling for me mentally and i'm going through a lot and it's not over yet it's almost over hopefully thank goodness but if it wasn't for my sisters from the house of diosa and the i like three weeks ago after the show, I was so close again to like, you know, just saying goodbye to the world. And it, it was a phone call from one of the girls who are in the States. And like, it, she saved my ass and she kicked, like she may have kicked me in the middle, but she sure as hell saved me in the same token because she had nothing but tough love for me. And, you know, sometimes that's what we need. We just need the love around us. And for those of you who are struggling to try and find yourself and find your tribe, like, you're not alone. There yeah, are people That's out there. Yes. You know, there you will find people that you can identify with. You will find people that, <clears throat> you know, like will have your back and are going through the same thing that you're going through. Just, just be patient and like look. Look what happened with my mom and dad. Like, I didn't see them for like nearly five years. But at the end of the day, like my mom teases me that I'm her queen baby. Like you know, <laughs> and like right. you know, at you know my dad. Like I know that at the end of his final years, he had love for the person that I had become and. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to see me compete in any pageants and stuff like that, but he has seen me perform on stage and he was impressed. And it was, you know, it was a blessing because this was something that I cared to do and he cared for it just as much because I was his child. I see. You know, and it's things like that that it, it really just takes time for things to process. And sometimes it may not work out in the end, but at the end of the day just live your life for yourself and you'll be all the more happier yeah and enjoy every second yeah. Yeah. because we have very short time really you know life life to me now is but i used to not even think about uh, i didn't i always deny people telling me oh your life is going to be good you're going to be gifted because you took care of your mother mm-hmm. you know life it, to me is not like that life to me for me is me and I'm I'm going to enjoy every second until yes. I go to Life my grave. Life is what you make it. Yeah. Yes, and and, this, mm-hmm. and and the pride or whatever, you know, enjoy every second and stop this insanity that you're trying. We see you're creating, and just just love one another and yeah. take one thing. I mean, one second at a time. <clears throat> one second at a time. I'm going to switch off, and I'm going to bring Peter Constantino in my place. Okay. He's one of the legendary girls as well, (laughs) or legendary gay guys, I should say, that (laughs) taught me, and, you know, they've all brought me up. 